Good morning, Flight Crew. So this is podcast number two. I have to say, I'm really excited about this subject. My old sales background is really kicking in. Anyway, I have a mental toolbox. It's red. Do you guys have a mental toolbox? What color is yours? Mine's full of wisdom. When I have magic moments, I collect a pearl of knowledge. I'll share some of them with you here today. As a young kid, I had a knack for physical things. The more parts, the better. Matchbooks cars were quite fun. When I was four years old, my father took me on a plane ride with a pilot friend of his, Chet Belsky. I was a little guy, so most of what I remember was the green 70s plaid interior of the old Cessna 180 Skywagon. I do remember bouncing down the old grass runway and then smooth air. I remember Chet telling me to unbuckle and stand on the seat to look out the window. My God, it was a little matchbox world out there. That was quite a magic moment. Then climbing on my dad's lap, holding the yoke, the steering wheel, you non-pilots are listening. If you ever ask a pilot about the first time he flew a plane, you're going to get two things. Number one, a big smile. Probably a pause as they relive that moment in their mind. And then second of all, you're going to get a really great story. Make sure you have time. Pilots are talkers. Oh boy, can we talk. So there I was, four years old, making a plane go up and down, left and right. I was excited. My dad tells the story too, but he finishes off with, darn kid hasn't stopped talking about airplanes since. So I come to you today with that level of excitement. I want to share some principles I've discovered in this fantastic book, Acres of Diamonds. It's written to salespeople, but if you're truly honest with yourself, we're all salespeople. We're all selling something. As children, we become the greatest salespeople ever. Have you ever tried to negotiate with a four-year-old who wants a cookie? So now for the elephant in the room, if you're a crew member and you're truly listening to this, you're only half paying attention. You're actually thinking about ways to get more time off, more money, or you want to have more hours. Well, we're all looking to sell our services for a higher premium. What if I told you you can have all that and be even more happy during the time you're working? This is it, my friends. You have all of your acres of diamonds right below your feet and in your hands and in between your ears. This book is a story by Russell H. Conwell. He starts off by explaining how he was traveling abroad on a riverboat, and he encounters a guide. The river guide told many stories, many of the stories he's forgotten, except for this one. And this story changes his life. It's changed many lives. It's changed mine. It's changed my daughter's life. She was just telling me in the car ride the other day how she thinks of this book all the time. So here we go. There once was a man. His name was Ali Hoppet. He was a very prominent man. He had a very large farm, many servants. He was wealthy and happy from his wealth. One day, a wise man visited Ali Hoppet and told a story about how the earth was formed and how this amazing thing a diamond was made. He told Ali, if you have a diamond the size of your thumb, you can buy an entire country. That night, the rich man went to bed poor for the very first time in his life. So sad to have your mind be backwards. Poor is a mindset. Broke is a bank account. Do you hear what I'm saying? Rich or poor, it's just a state of mind, wealthy or broke. I'll show you my bank account. Are you with me? How many flight crew do you know that are wealthy but lay down each night poor? Each morning, I take a mental checkup. Hey, I'm driving to an airport. I'm going to talk about airplanes all day. Some days I even get to fly. So back to Ali Hoppin. He sells his lands and he goes off in search of diamonds. I'll skip to the end. He finds none. Broke, busted, disgusted. He throws himself into the sea, never to be seen again. Whoa, wait, I have to tell you, I didn't see that coming. So what's next? Well, the man that bought the farm from Ali Hoppin one day finds a shiny rock in the river, and he puts it on his mantle. 
the wise man who had told Ali Hoppin about diamonds returns and he sees this rock. Ah, a diamond, has Ali Hoppin returned? Well, no, says the man, he's dead. And that's no diamond, it's just a rock from the river. I'll move the story along. One of my favorite sayings I got from Captain Kirk, Scott, Spock, skip to the end. So here it is. They find one of the largest diamond mines in the world right there in that river, every acre full of diamonds. Russell Conwell takes a moment to reflect on the meaning and what he felt after hearing that story. You see, we forget what was said. We retain only a fraction of what we should learn, but we always remember what we feel. So Russell Conwell, he decides to share a similar story with the Riverboat Guide about the Sutter Gold Mine in California. Short story long, it's a prominent man in California. He sells off his land to go in search of gold. Colonel Sutter, who bought that farm, accidentally finds gold right there while his daughter was playing in the sand. Same thing. The principles from the book are that you have all you need to be successful. You just have to realize them. So it's a fun book. There are several other examples that don't include digging in the dirt, literally. A man carving wood toys for his children discovers that his kids like them. So will other kids. He becomes a millionaire. His wooden toys are still valuable and collected today. A landowner takes over a falling, failing hat business. He changes how the hats are made, and he builds a fortune all because he looks for what people want. So now I want to bring it down a bit. What are our dakers of diamonds? Are you familiar with the paradigm shift? Okay, what I'm about to say, I'm going to say a few things that might upset some of you, and I don't want you to hear what I'm not saying. So before we get into that, let me give you a quick example of a paradigm shift, just to make sure. Picture this in your mind, all right? You're in an airline terminal. You're tired. You're hungry. You buy some cookies and a bottle of water. You're at your gate. Five minutes prior to boarding, you sit down. You open your water. You pull out your phone, and you start playing Angry Birds. A small boy sits next to you. Hiya! He's not shy. He's kicking his feet. He's looking all around. You're about to level up, so you really don't want to talk. You hear him open a bag of cookies, and you give him a raised eyebrow look. Without missing a beat, he says, you want one? Well, I guess you don't really want the whole bag anymore now that he's rooted through it. So you take the cookie with a frown and you say nothing. Back in your game, you hear crunch, crunch, crunch. You're annoyed now. They call your boarding zone. You make eye contact one last time and his hand pops out. You want the last one? I'm not on this flight, so I won't see you anymore. You take it from him, say nothing. It was a good cookie. You wish you had the whole bag now. While you're on your aircraft, you open your bag. You're about to take your seat, and there in your bag is an untouched bag of cookies. You were eating his cookies the whole time. How do you feel? This is a paradigm shift. So I'll get into it. I am well aware of being a two-man crew flying 500 hours a year. I know what that looks like. I know what a corporate pilot lifestyle is. I know it's changed since the, 90 and the 90s and the invention of the empty leg sails. Living between the trips was easier when you were sitting in a tropical paradise, not running here or there everywhere 20 days a month. I've been the pilot that gets back from 15 days on the road to hear all the comments. You have a dream job. Must be nights. Let's go out to dinner. For the love of God, I just want to stay home. I've had road rash. It does damage. I get all that. So let's get into the weeds. Get real with me. I'm often asked, Tim, you became a DO at age 35 years old a captain of a heavy jet, flying Gulfstreams and Challengers all over the world. How did you get to that? How did you do that? I want to be like you. How long is it going to take? How long do I have to wait to be in a big jet? 
Well, first off, it didn't happen by staring at a calendar, making sure I have the most days off a month. It didn't happen by saying that's not my job. It didn't happen because I read survey salaries and showed everyone, look here, look here, look CCC. If that's you, go airline, please. Get a seniority number and wait your turn. If you're not an airline pilot and you know in your heart what type of pilot you are, stop all that. It's messing you up. You're under a false paradigm. Somebody else is eating your cookies. Do you hear me? I have a mental terrorist that sits on my shoulder. Do you guys have one of those? Don't be distracted by a mental terrorist. He will hijack a good thought in five seconds. Osama bin, don't do that. Let's do something else. Oh, that's too hard. <laughs> he doesn't know what he's talking about, that guy. Those mental terrorists will get you off going the wrong direction. Here is a pearl, all right? Here comes one. As soon as you think of something, it's truly yours. As soon as you think of something, it's truly yours. Get up and go get it. Start working on that goal now. I should go to the gym, put on your shoes. I should pay the bills, open your checkbook. I should get out of bed like a rocket, count down. Five, four, three, two, one, shoot out of bed. Win, what's important now? Right now, right now, what is important? So to get back to my favorite subject, me. So how did it all start? It got started with me throwing a ball against a wall. You see, I was a young CFI, like, Ink was still wet on my instructor certificate. I was told waiting for students to walk through the door was the only way to get students. It was a beautiful day. I found a tennis ball on the desk, bored to tears. I went outside and I started a one-person game of catch against a brick wall. In pulls a BMW and out pops a well-dressed pilot. He pre-flights a jet. I'm watching him through the fence. Another pilot shows up in his BMW and off they go. I look at my ball. I don't have time for this. I throw the ball in the trash. Time to get my BMW. Napoleon Hill said this, patience, persistence, and perspiration make an unbeatable combination for success. So in the flight school's accounting office, I go. I asked for student pilots' records. I figured out the average student was a male, 35, 50 years old, married, with kids, age three to seven. All right, all right, all right. I started calling daycares, not the cheap ones, the pricey ones. Now, this is important. I didn't ask to come in and talk to the kids. I asked, do you ever do career days like firemen, policemen, stuff like that? I already knew the answer. Yes. So here, I'm a pilot. We're hoping to inspire young people to become pilots when they grow up. Can I come teach your kids how to fold paper airplanes? Which day works better for you, Tuesday or Wednesday next week? When I got to the schools, I'd sit the kids in a nice big circle. I'd open up sectional maps. I'd let the kids crawl on them. I'd ask them to find mountains and oceans. They all point blue. Oh, there it is. Yay. I brought a handheld radio. We listened for pilots. Everyone tried on my David Clark headset. We folded paper airplanes. And you know what the wings said on them? Two things. One, learn to fly a real plane. Gift certificates available. And my phone number. <laughs> my schedule was so full, I was giving students to other instructors in no time. The average flyer trying to sell something in the mail gets thrown out in about 30 seconds. But if we turn it into an airplane and make it a toy, it's going to hang around for a week or two. Success is exciting. Excitement builds and it grows. Share your successes. Give it away in slices. It comes back in loads. I had elementary school buses showing up with loads of kids excited to tour an airport. We had kindergarten kids pretending to be airplanes walking down the yellow line with their arms up. Are you with me? We sold $30,000 of gift certificates in one month. They put me in charge of the flight school. They offered me a salary. <laughs>
Another school you might know, Wings. Yeah, they called and said, whatever you're making, we're going to pay you more. You need to come work here. They wanted my brand. What is your brand? What is your value? Are you living the dream or are you just existing? Little flight schools were acres of diamonds right under my feet. I just had to mine them. So fast forward. Now I'm an SIC in Allaire 35. Well, that's great. I never just accept my current role. I camped out on the chief pilot's door every day. What can I do to help out around here? You're going to laugh. He said, go home. Wait for my call. When I call you, you go fly. <laughs> Anybody got a tennis ball? Uh, finally, an opportunity. One morning, he says to me, you want to do some jet provisions? Where others see ob obstacles, I see opportunity. You become what you think about all day. Let me say this again. Here's another pearl. You become what you think about all day. I had a decision. Sit home or be around people I wanted to learn from. I did a ton of JEPS revisions, but I also sat in a chief pilot's office all day. I watched the people he talked to. I learned what a chief pilot truly does. I learned what the 8900 order is. I learned the regulations and how to interpret them. How many pilots read letters of interpretation? Oh, we're deep in the weeds now. I avoided a lot of mistakes that I saw other pilots make. I saw him call and reprimand. I saw him praise when they did things right. Knowing what is expected, I became a star employee. I'm only sharing these stories with you so that you can become successful yourself. If you know what's expected, it makes it very easy to know what to do. Are you familiar with the story of a monk and a stick? A junior monk reaches his final exam. At the end of the day, a senior monk takes him into an empty room. He sits him in the middle of the room. He's holding only a stick. This is your test. Fail it, and tomorrow I will open this door at 8 a.m., and I will beat you with an inch of your life. With this, he closes the door and locks him in. All night, the junior monk thinks, what's the test? Oh, my God. I'm going to get beat. Yep, it's going to happen. Yep. Not going to be able to avoid it. Can't figure this one out. At 8 a.m., the door open. opens. The junior monk leaps to his feet. He grabs the stick out of his hand. The senior monk smiles. Welcome, brother. Well done. Take the stick. Do you smell what I'm laying down here? Over the years, I found many ways to become involved. Each task was unique. Each task had challenges and involved working with others to accomplish a goal. It was not easy. It's called work because it's hard. So after doing tons of Jepson revisions, they named me Jepson Stewart. For a fleet of 15 airplanes, it's not easy. A lot of phone calls, checklisting, misses, missing pages, forms completed incorrectly. Thank God we have iPads nowadays. I joined the sales team. I went to trade shows. I designed websites. I did a little bit of limited IT work. I eventually took on titles as director of training, assistant chief pilot, safety manager, all different times. Most of them, they weren't even additionally compensated. This is kind of funny. I called my chief pilot after a training event once. It was one of those last minute events where you get the crappy SIM slot like at 10 p.m. and you finish it like 2 a.m. Yeah, the phone call went like this. Hey, I'm all done. I hope you don't mind. I call you at 2 a.m. to wake you up. Oh, by the way, I stopped at the scheduler's desk and I looked out six months and I booked my next training event. So I got the morning sim slide after a slight awkward pause. I hear this voice say, Tim, that's great. Can you schedule mine too? Two weeks later, he's introducing me as the director of training. I inherited another title, but hey, I got the best sim slots from then on. So I hope you pick up a copy of Acre, Diamonds, Acre of Diamonds. Give it a read. 
I know I have talented people all around me. You are my acres of diamonds. You're truly diamonds in the rough. I encourage you all to get involved. I love movies. Did you ever see Dead Poet Society? I look at the old photos. I lean close and I listen. Carpe diem. Seize the day, boys. Look around. Find things to do. Get involved. Start now. Don't wait. Life is but a, but a, life is but a vapor. Don't waste the day. Before I go, I want to tell you how much you're all appreciated. I'm blessed to be given the opportunity to work with such talented and motivated people. You all make it easy to get up in the morning. If a person truly like you is willing to listen to recordings like these, read the books I recommend, you're all worth my effort to keep moving forward. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your attention. I wish you all clear blue skies and smooth air. Have a great day.